Thank God, I'm telling you, he's the most precious thing, precious person you'll ever know. And uh, I love him this morning, amen. I thank God for Calvary. Thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was just thinking about that verse of scripture over in the book of James chapter four and verse number seven. It said, uh, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But then he said, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. I'm glad he's so precious, but I'm glad we can get close to him this morning, amen. And uh, I may just preach a little bit off the cuff. I came to church this morning and had a message but I tell you, just some uh, scriptures was running through my mind. So I'm just going to trust God and give them to you this morning. And so I hope you'll just help me as I try to follow God. Amen. But uh, the thought, the burden that's on my heart this morning is that we're living in a time, friend, when we need revival. Amen. And uh, you mentioned it this morning and Brother Danny mentioned it in Sunday school uh, that I think we're living a day when it's either the revival, it's either revival or it's rapture that's going to get us out of this thing. Amen. And brother, I'm telling you, the Bible talks about... Uh, uh, the rapture, and I believe the rapture this morning, it's already been mentioned, And uh, but the Bible says, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4, and verse number 13, he said, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this I say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain at the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And I like verse number 18 that says, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Amen. If you're saved this morning, I want to comfort you uh, that Jesus is coming again. Amen. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 1, uh, John said, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. And he said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Amen. The Bible says, For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. You know what the rapture will do for you? Uh, the rapture will cause praise uh, and the rapture will cause purity in your life. Amen. I mean, you'll want to live a clean life if you're looking uh, for Jesus to come again. And we know that Paul was looking for the Lord to come back. In Titus chapter 2 and verse number 11, he said, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we shall live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessing blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God in our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm glad Jesus is coming again this morning. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 37 for yet a little while and he that shall come will come and he will not tarry. And so friend there is promise after promise in this Bible uh, that the rapture is going to take place. Even Jesus said it himself in John chapter number 14 and verse number 1. He said let not your heart be troubled. He said, if you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, he said, I would have told you. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there, it may be also. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, 
way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And friend, I'm looking for the rapture because I've been saved by the grace of God this morning. Amen. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 4, the Bible says, Who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Do you know it's the will of God that everybody here this morning be saved? And if you're here this morning and you're scared of a rapture, if you're here this morning and the thought of Jesus coming back uh, scares you, then that means either you're not right with God or you've never genuinely been saved. Amen? Because if you're saved this morning, there should be an expectation, there ought to be an anticipation in your heart for the fact that Jesus could come this morning. Amen? Now we know that man is going to die because Hebrews 9.27 says, it's appointed a man once to die and after this the judgment. Romans 6 and verse 23 said, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hey, the word of God said, the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. Friend, death is on every one of our trail. But do you realize that if the rapture takes place, we could all escape death this morning. We could all bypass the grave and thank God we could go to the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I know people's been planning their death for 25 years. They've been dying. But wouldn't it be something if the rapture took place today? There's people in this building this morning unsaved. There's people here this morning that's not right with the Lord. Hey, friend, listen to me. It's either rapture or revival in the day we're living in if we're going to make it through. And here, here this morning, the church needs revival. We need revival in our hearts. We need revival in our homes. And we need revival in the house of God. I think so many times we're trying to have revival in the house of God when we've not had it in our hearts first. And we've not had it in our homes, amen? As the home goes, so goes the church. And as the church goes, so goes the world. Somebody say amen. If we're gonna have a spiritual church, we've got to have spiritual homes, amen? But it begins in your own heart. We've got to have spiritual moms and dads. We've got to, hey, you can't be carnal all the time. You can't be fleshly all the time. I know that we all deal with carnality to a certain level, but I'm telling you, friend, you've got to read and pray and walk with God. I preached on that last Sunday. You know why? That's a burden in my heart that if we're gonna have a spiritual church in 2017, we're gonna have to have some spiritual moms and dads. How many chapters of the Bible did you read this week? How much time did you spend in prayer with God this week? Now don't give me the excuse, preacher, I'm so busy. No, we're too busy today. Friend, I'm telling you, listen, you make a boatload of money. But if we don't have revival, that money ain't going to do any good in 2017. You can have all the money and all the things. You can have everything, but you can have all the bills. You know, that's what everybody wants is the bills paid and a nice house to live in and something comfortable to drive and a little money in the bank. But you know, you can have all that, but if you forfeit your religion, if you find there is, the Bible said in James chapter one, that pure religion undefiled before God is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows and their afflictions and to keep yourself unspotted from this world. So the word religion is not a bad word. Is that right? It's a Bible word in James chapter number one and pure religion is the right kind of religion uh, but my friend I wouldn't forfeit my religion uh, for the almighty dollar isn't that right Jesus said himself in the sermon on the mount that you cannot serve God and man friend if you're going to live for God you cannot live for gold amen uh, listen I know it takes money to operate but I'm telling you this has to be the number one priority in your life is your local New Testament church brother I'm telling you where I'd be without the church today and friend, the church is never more stronger than when she's having revival. 
And every one of us this morning has the responsibility of revival from the youngest to the eldest this morning. We ought to be seeking after God. The plea in 2 Chronicles 7.14, the plea, the pattern, the promise is all in that verse right there when the Bible says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God said, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. I'm saying this morning that if we'll just take that one word, if, uh, uh, that's a conditional word. And God said, if my people, if we'll just do what God asks us to do. We can have revival this morning. We've got to humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. That's the recipe for revival this morning. That's what God said. And God said, if you'll do that, he said, I will forgive your sins. He said, I will heal your lamb. And there's one more promise in that text this morning. Uh, God said that he would do, if we'll just do our part, God said that he would do his part this morning. And we're living in these last days. And if we need revival, I'm telling you, it's not a time for the church to play church. It's not time for the church to roll over and be dead. It's time for us to be alive. It's time for us to hunger and the thirst after righteousness. I wonder how many of us this morning have a real burden for souls. wonder I'm asking myself that question this morning. The Bible said in Psalms 126 and verse number five, listen to me, I'm not just filling space, I'm preaching this morning. Psalms 126 and verse five says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. I know you know that verse this morning as well as I do, but we need to be reminded of it. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. You wanna see your loved ones saved? You gotta sow some tears. Think about your family. Think about your friends. Think about people in your home that you care about. Think about your children. You say, well, I bring them to a good church. There's no guarantee they're going to get saved just because they come to a good church. you got to sow some tears for them to be saved. And when they get saved, don't wipe your brow and say, boy, I'm glad that's over with. You better keep sowing tears for those young people. You better sow tears for them all the days of their life. Hey, my children are grown and gone, but I still sow tears uh, over them. You know why? Because the enemy never gives up, friend. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy, and he that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Do I have a burden this morning? Romans chapter 10 and verse number 1, Paul tells us about his burden. As he said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. What's your heart's desire this morning? What's your prayer to God for your loved ones, your family, your friends? Is it that they might be saved? When's the last time you wept over that son, that daughter? Uh, Listen, when's the last time you wept over that grandbaby? When's the last time, uh, listen, you wept over that neighbor, that person you work with? When's the last time you witnessed to them? You saw, if I witness to them, they're going to get mad. If you don't witness to them, they're going to go to hell. And you tell me which is worse. I'd rather them get mad as to go to hell because it may take them getting mad in order for them to get saved. Amen? Uh, Brother, I'm telling you, listen, uh, the Bible says that open rebuke is better than secret love. Uh, covering it up all the time. Being a silent witness is not going to win them. You don't have anything to lose. Uh, uh, you might as well pray for boldness uh, and pray for a witness and pray for an open door. And be, listen, uh, be a witness to your loved ones and your family and friends. We're going to watch them be cast in the lake of fire one day if they don't get saved. And friend, we need revival. When the church had revival, the church was burdened for sinners. 
They wasn't worried about who was going to win the Super Bowl or who was going to win the championship. They was worried about who was going to go to hell. They wasn't worried about getting that 10-point buck, and I'm not against hunting, but that wasn't what they were thriving for. They wasn't worried about their golf score. They wasn't worried about Little League, and they wasn't worried about all these other things that seems to consume people. They just worried about pulling somebody from the burning. Friend, that's old time preaching. Brother James Langston, I never will forget, he said if he believed if you threw a ball off into hell, the average Baptist would go after it. Amen. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, people had near as much passion for winning souls as they did their ball team. Amen. I know I'm preaching right before the eve of a, of a national championship, but it ought to be preached. Uh, uh, listen, friend, just chalk me up. I really don't care about that stuff anymore. I care about this thing is winding out. I've got family members. I got friends, uh, and they're going to devil's hell, and I want to see them get saved. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, come Tuesday, it ain't going to matter who's won what. Uh, come March the 1st, it won't matter who's carrying the trophy or who's wearing the ring. Uh, but I'm preaching about something that's eternal. I'm preaching about something that's going to last. I'm preaching about something that you can smile about when the ages roll because you cared enough for somebody's soul to keep them out of hell. Amen. Where's our burden at today? When's the last time we passed out a track to somebody? Amen. Watch our testimony in the community. Can I get a witness right there? What we say, how we live, the things we do because we're epistles written and known of all men. The Bible says we're the only Bible that some people's ever gonna read. We ought to have a spiritual mind and we ought to have a sweet spirit and the right attitude and we ought to be a witness, amen. We ought to have a passion for souls, a burden for revival. I'm talking about in an eye that is looking upward for Jesus to soon come again. How about it this morning? While I was sitting there during Sunday school, Brother Danny was teaching. And I, I didn't have my sermon ready this morning. God started stirring these verses in my soul. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to get up and preach this morning. We need revival, folks. I'm not talking about church down the street. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the people who's not here. I'm talking about this church needs revival. You need revival. Your preacher needs revival. Amen. I want revival this morning. I'm not talking about a series of meetings. I'm talking about staying on fire for God. I'm talking about walking in the spirit. I'm talking having a burden for sinners. I'm talking about looking for Jesus to come again. If you're not careful, you sit in a good church and you get cold. You start getting, when you know how to know when you've got cold, you get critical. You start seeing things through a negative light. I've been praying, Lord, help me not to see the negative. Help me see the positive. God's been good. God's been good to all of us. You know, one thing can go wrong in a service, and that's what people remember. Amen. Hey, I'm holding a church bulletin this morning. Brother Terry, you can misspell one word. I don't know. There's probably... There's probably, I don't know, 5,000 words on that page. I don't know how many words on that page. But if one word's misspelled, you know, that's what people sees. That's what we look at. So when you get cold, you get critical. Then you begin to get calloused. Your heart begins to get hardened. The things that once moved you don't move you anymore. I'm just preaching to myself this morning. When's the last time you've shed a tear? When's the last time you felt God on you? When's the last time you've, you felt a burden to just do something for God? Amen this morning. I'm talking about, I'm talking about having a revival. 
I'm talking about having a burden. David said in Psalms 138 and verse 4, he said, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. You know what, what David is saying in that text there? That though trouble is all around me, he said, God's got able to raise me up in the midst of my trouble and send revival. You know, God's able to do that for every one of us this morning if we want that if we desire that this morning. If you came this morning and you say, God, I don't want to just have church. I, I really want to hear from heaven this morning. I'm telling you the message this morning from this pulpit, the message from heaven this morning is we need a fresh touch of God. We need revival. We don't just need to have a form of godliness, but we need to deny, and deny the power. No, we need the touch, the moving of the Spirit, the presence of God on our lives. I'm not just talking about in the services when I say that. I think sometimes people measure their, they come and they have a good service and say, well, we must be doing pretty good. No, I'm talking about in your life. I'm talking about a daily walk with God. I'm talking about God working in your heart, in your life. Brother George, I'm talking about God moving in your spirit this morning. I'm talking about what's hindering you this morning. He said in Hebrews chapter number 12, he said, seeing that we're also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now listen to this. You know this verse of scripture, but don't let it pass you by. He said, let us lay aside every weight, every weight this morning. We can get to the sin in just a minute, but let's lay aside every weight. You know, I started to do something a few weeks ago. It wasn't sinful. It wasn't even wrong. And the Holy Spirit said, you don't need that in your life. It's just a weight. It wasn't even sinful. It wasn't even wrong. And I, I thought about doing this and God said, you just don't need that in your life. It's just, it's just going to be a weight. It's just going to hinder you. It's just going to hold you back. And I thought on it a couple of days. That's how my flesh is. I thought, well, maybe I could, maybe, maybe that wasn't God. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe that was just me. But I knew it was the Lord. What's weighting you down this morning? You see, it could be your job. You say, preacher, you tell me to quit my job? No, but I'm telling you, pray about it. Pray about what God wants you to do. You better have the right job. Better have the job God wants you to have. Am I telling the truth this morning? I'm talking about anything in life that can be holding you back. Hey, it could be the crowd you're running with. It could be a weight to you. People you work with, people you hang around, friends, could be a, could be a weight to you. Hey, if they're not godly people, I mean, I promise you, if they don't love God, and I'm not just talking about they say they're a Christian, but if they don't love God, you need to change your hitching post. Amen. Don't let, them, don't let the things of this world weight you down. It may be a hobby this morning. Nothing wrong with having a hobby. But if that hobby becomes a weight, you need to get it out of your life. Amen. See, I'm convinced there's some things, some things is not a sin for you to do, but it sure becomes one in my life. Because you can handle it better than I can. And that's with all of us, it's that way. Some things we just do better with than other people. Amen? Right. You know how some people's got more money than you got? Because it don't mean as much to them as it does to others. You see, you boys need to look in your life. You could have a weight. It could be a girl. Amen? I know you probably don't even want to think about girls right now. But you know what? I've seen girls... They go boy crazy, and that's all they think about. And they forfeit all their spirituality. I've seen, I've seen boys do that. See, that's a weight in your life. It's a natural thing to like a boy or like a girl, but when it consumes you, amen, it consumes you. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Too much of anything is not good for you. Do you know that? 
I remember a lady one time, she started drinking carrot juice and she drank so much of it, she turned orange. Hey, there ain't nothing wrong with carrot juice, is there? I mean, I don't like it, but, you know. But too much of anything is not good for you. Except prayer, the Bible, amen. The spiritual things of God you can't get enough of. So this morning... What's holding you back? What's hindering you? Hey, if you're in a rut this morning, that's just, I'm telling you, God is my witness. The Lord would not let me preach anything else. I believe I'm just right in the center of God's will this morning. But if you're in a rut, why don't you get in an altar and get out of the rut and get in an altar and get right with the Lord this morning and let God help you today. Let God minister. Let Him meet the need in your life. That, that's the message today. Get out of the rut. Get in the altar. Get out of the rut. Get in the Bible. Get out of the rut. Get in prayer. Get close to God this morning. Hey, your friends, your family, people around us, they need us this morning. It's not time to quit. It's time to press on for God. I believe the finish line is just in sight. I want revival in my heart. I want it in my home. And I want it in the house of God. Don't you this morning? David said this. He said, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? And I thought of this this morning. You know, when people have revival, one of the evidence in their life, I'm talking about individually, they're rejoiceful. Is that true? And I'm telling you, when people start drifting from God, their joy goes first. It's evident. Their joy's gone. They'll go from sitting in a pew just smiling and saying amen to all of a sudden they they just start frowning. They get that far away look in their eye. You can tell something's wrong. Their countenance, the Bible says, their countenance doth witness against them. But when you've got your, when you've got, when you're having revival, when you're right with God, you come to church and you're joyful. Brother Ronnie, you said it just the other day in prayer room, said, I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to be here. I, I can't wait. I look forward to this place. You know, that's how, that's how I feel. I look forward to church. Amen. It's not a burden this morning. I, I listened to Miss Thelma. Somebody mentioned that this morning in, in Sunday school. was praying that the snow wouldn't keep us out of church. Hey, thank God somebody's praying the snow wouldn't keep us out of church. Because I think some people pray the snow will keep us out of church. You know, they'd rather be at the house in their PJs. Amen. Brother, I tell you, I'd rather be here this morning. Hey, some people, they're probably sitting at the house and guess what? I'd rather be in church as anywhere. Wouldn't you rather be in church this morning? I know you would, amen, because I taught you to. I'd rather be here this morning. Isn't it good being God's house? I'm going to tell you, this is where we draw strength from. Amen. This is where we find fellowship. It's where we get our encouragement this morning. We need each other. We need this place. As we stand this morning, we need revival. I've got, I've got people. I don't want to see them go to hell. A lady gave me a, a note this week. A 94-year-old man lives in Rossville. She lives in Lexington. And said, this is my daddy. And with tears dripping off her chin, she said, would you go see him? He said, he's lost. I don't, I don't want that man to go to hell. I don't even know him, but I don't want him to go to hell. Brother Danny talked about it this morning. There's people in this church that I want to see God get a hold of them. That's right. That's right this morning. Hey, if you need to come, you just mind God. We're going to sing a verse of this old song. And would you just do business with God? You don't have to tell me anything, but would you come let God work in your life this morning? That's right.